0: The Google Podcast app is going away in April. Right now, I want you to take a look at the podcast app you're using right now. Maybe it's time for a new one. Check out podcastapps.com and try a new one for free right now. That's podcastapps.com.
1: Welcome to Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. I'm Connie Teeson. Dean Blundell and Matt Kundal are merging. The two veteran broadcasters' respective podcasting ventures, DeanBlundell.com and the Sound Off Podcast Network, Are sharing resources moving forward on analytics, marketing, and monetization to help independent content creators and collaborators like Darren Pfeiffer of Goldfinger, Much Music icon Erica M., and former Edmonton News anchor Carrie Dahl grow their audiences. Blundell and Kundal join us on this episode of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast, to talk about helping first time podcasters and other former broadcasters transition their. Their talents into the digital media space and what they see as the path forward to new revenue streams for creators.
0: My name is Matt Kundal. I'm the owner of the Sound Off Media Company, and my podcast journey started back in 2016 when I went to the podcast movement in Chicago and saw lots of people with microphones having lots of fun and doing fun things. And I thought, this is for me.
2: Uh, my name is Dean Blundell, uh, and I got into podcasting because there isn't a radio station in Canada that wanted to put me on the radio, and that's why I'm in podcasting.
1: <laughs> so let's talk about the growth of your respective companies and some of your collaborators.
2: I think, you know, and this is kind of where we, you know, where, where, where Matt and I's journeys kind of meet up is because... Uh, you know, the different reasons that we had to get into doing digital content in, in, in the way that how we got here came with us working with other people. You know, it came with this, uh, this desire to not just do a show for ourselves, if that was what we wanted to do, it was kind of not what I wanted to do for the last few years, up until recently, but um, it came with this, this, this concept that you know, we have an opportunity to be able to help other people in this space. And that's really, you know, why we are here today together is that we both have a desire to be able to help other people achieve what they need to achieve to be able to do content. And when you've come from that traditional market, it's it's a lot. It's It's weird. It's weird because, you know, traditionally, I think radio people are hella lazy, as I like to say. So, you know, a lot of people used to do four hour shows and then they'd split after their four hour shows uh, and then they would do some prep maybe at night or maybe not. Or maybe they would just get there early and do it. This is all the time. And when you realize how much work goes into creating a digital brand and you kind of forge a little bit of a path. I had a desire to help other people who were in the same position that I was in, which was, you know, when I was on the radio, things were great. I've had lots of opportunities, and I was joking in the intro about radio stations that don't want me, but now it's to the point where I'm enjoying working with people and the reciprocal value of being able to help other people who were in my situation or who had maybe grown cold with the industry, traditional radio, that they wanted to be able to do what they wanted to do and be free to do it as opposed to do it for somebody else. And so. I think the time that we're in, the context of the time that we're in where traditional media is, you know, not as heavily labored, uh, headcount is where it's at. That's presented a tremendous opportunity for us to be able to help other people achieve the dream of being able to do their own content without having someone tell you how to do it. So that's sort of a it, uh, the Coles Notes version of of why I think we're here. I'm sure Matt has similar, but uh, you know, a better explanation, Connie.
0: It actually is, you know, how it happens is that you know it started for me in a yoga class, and somebody turned around and said, "I want to have a podcast." And you know, it took a couple of meetings, but you know, then I realized that it was more than just you know, it was regular people that wanted to get together to to create content, to do stuff, and. You know, started to grow my company and it started with, you know, Your Wellness Journey was the first podcast we had. And then I collaborated with Writing Class Radio, which is a, a duo of teachers down in Florida who have a writing class every week and put it in a podcast. And, you know, these collaborations, I mean, collaborations are Really, at the root of of creating content in the podcast space. And I, I mentioned off the top the 2016 trip to the podcast movement, and everybody is collaborating and sharing ideas. It was such a shell shock experience coming from radio, where you keep your playbook to your chest, you don't leak secrets. You don't spend too much time hanging out and, and sharing the deep ideas with your direct competition because radio is a very competitive industry. And I found it refreshing to be in podcasting and it really just, I threw the doors open to people who wanted to create audio and to distribute audio and to get their message out there, whether they were a performer, whether they had left radio, whether they were selling widgets, beads, it didn't matter. Uh, and eventually, you know, up until a couple of weeks ago, And I mean, Dean and I found ourselves sitting with 65 podcasts that could really use a helping hand together.
1: Right. So let's talk about some of those collaborators. Some are former broadcasters. You've got Carrie Dahl and Jeff Woods in your roster, Matt. And you work with people like Todd Hancock, who is a longtime uh, afternoon drive host on Fox here in Vancouver, Dean, mm-hmm. what, how do you find these collaborators or is it more about who's interested in working with you?
2: It was tough when I started because, uh, traditionally what I wanted or what i started to do was create a blog. I thought, you know what, I'm not going to go on back on the radio. I couldn't stand the idea of getting in front of a microphone. I was just petrified, petrified of n- n- not, you know, what it took to be able to produce a, co- uh, a podcast. Like I, there was, there was one, at one point, Right after I quit drinking, I sat down in front of my computer and I, I ordered a microphone from the internet, a uh, blue microphone, which is one of our major sponsors, a little name drop there. And I plugged it in and for about an hour, I tried to figure out how to record and I couldn't do it. Like I, I literally had no idea how to even plug the microphone in, get audio and then what to do with the audio after just blew my mind. So I closed my computer. I went outside and I cried because I thought, am I really this useless? You know, am I really this clueless when it comes to doing what I thought I was really good at? Well, someone had paid me a lot of money to do for a long period of time. And I was right. And so when you swallow your pride and you go, "Okay, I've got some learning to do, you realize the steps that it took to be able to put you in a position just to record just to actually get your voice down on a file and then take that file and do something with it and turn it into a show that took a year, maybe two years, maybe three years, if I'm being a hundred percent honest. And it wasn't something I was really interested in, but when I started to figure it out and put the work into trying to make something of these things and this content that I wanted to do, other people started to say, Hey Dean, how are you doing this? Like, where do you go for this? Where do you go for that? And, and, and how, how do I do it? and, it wasn't long before, you know, we started, you know, blogging and we started putting out content that we started with one podcast with myself and Darren Millard, uh, who was also out of work. Uh, he had just been let go from Sportsnet and we said, let's try it. And, you know, it just kind of turned into this snowball thing where people would see us doing these things that they wanted to do, too, whether they're from the legacy market or not. And they would say, hey, can can we get some help with this and then we'd say yes sure you can and we would help them with their podcast and then we would say hey no no harm no foul you might as well come on the network and why don't we start a network and that's kind of how it started to roll and it started to snowball and you know as far as traditional radio guys it's it's different right like connie and i know that you know this and i know matt knows this going from a radio show a high test radio show in a major market is very different. It's all bit oriented. This is all long form. And there are so many different ways that you can podcast. So you have to be open to the idea that the way other people are doing podcasts is okay as well. And, and what that over the, I would say over the past year, what what's happened with me is I've been, you know, educating myself and it's still an education process. I, I know so much more than I did before, but I feel so much dumber. Uh, because you realize how much there is to learn about maybe it's the sales portion of what you're doing or analytics or just listening to Matt. I could listen to Matt for an hour talking about dynamic ad insertion and how it works i mean there are aspects to doing digital content that if you want to be successful you really really have to work to embrace and so having that roadmap has been a little bit easier haven't really traditionally gone after people to do podcasts they've approached us and so when matt and i got together and started discussing this about a year ago you know is there a way that we can work together the intentions were the same it was to continue to help people and grow our brand at the same time give people a playground to do content where they could feel great about about themselves because the, the keys to happiness and sustainable happiness, believe it or not, one of the major pillars is meaningful work. Right. So for me, there was a mental health aspect to it, too. I felt great about doing what I was doing and I was helping other people. So I was living out of self at the time. But it's really been an organic experience, a long way for me to say, Connie, it's been an organic experience so far. Now we're at the point where we're going to actually go out and get people. So that's where we're at.
0: Yeah. I've also got a really crappy blog that I did in 2015. And the first episode of the Sound Off podcast is 11 minutes long, and it took me nine hours to do, and it doesn't sound very good. And, and you know, even, you know, up until recently, I mean, even this week, some people have called me up and said, hey, congratulations on, on the progress you're making with, with your company and the network, and we love listening to the podcast. And th- some people do remind me that, you know, 2015, 2016, you know, those are some really tough times. About you know being creative and and getting out there, and that's exactly when I started to to do the podcast. And to what Dean says, being creative and putting your your material out there does infinitely make you happy. Uh, and I'm so I'm so glad that uh, that I took the podcast route and started to build stuff. And you know, to what Dean says about how exciting it is, I get to wake up mm-hmm. to the future every morning, and something has changed. Google has changed something. Apple has changed something. Somebody has bought something else, and There's new technology that's arriving every day. It's exciting to get out of bed. I used to say the only thing I would ever get out of bed for at 5 a.m. was morning radio and duck hunting. (laughs) And and here we are now doing this for podcasting.
2: (laughs) I got to add a third to that, but I can't really mention it on Connie's podcast, so I won't.
1: (laughs) We have no rules here. (laughs) Uh, Let's talk more about what this merger is going to look like.
2: Matt, you want to tackle that one? Yeah.
0: We have no idea, which is actually not completely true, but uh, dynamic ad insertion is going to be, you know, something that that a number of Dean's podcasts are are going to be interested in um, as a lot of companies are moving in that direction. But one of the things that that the people that I've been working with, especially during the pandemic came to me was what am I going to do with a video strategy? And I'd like to do more. And I think a lot of people, you know, sent home and you're on a computer. And I mean, I think things like StreamYard, YouTube, people finding other ways to get their audio out there. What constitutes, you know, a good video strategy now in the pandemic? And it was, it was our biggest question. And and without a doubt, Dean comes fully equipped to, to handle uh, most of those answers and to grow those YouTube channels for many of our podcasters who want to expand just a little bit beyond audio. Yeah. And
2: and it's a yin, yin and yang, you know, we've, we've been so focused on, Building a strong foundation at DeanBlundell.com uh, with content providers that do a lot of different things. You know, the goal for us is: do we have influencers that have an interest in not just doing a podcast and a show and pushing that that rock up the hill? But how about the written content? How about the supportive content? And that's why we are a blog slash podcast network. It's because there's a supportive nature, and everybody needs a home to be able to use that support to be able to push people into their universe. And so. You know, when we decided that we were going to do this and we were going to announce it and we were going to go forward and and, and get papers and do all the things that we needed to do, which is, is uh, you know, the, the, the onerous part. The exciting part for me was once we decided that, yeah, there was a common interest and common intention in making this space a better place for people who really need this space. We knew that we could look for different opportunities once we had decided to open up the kimono and say, what do you have? What do I have? How can we treat each other with respect in the process? How can we help each other drive business? How can we look for different rates, look for outside business? But it was, it was kind of more than that, too. It was, you know, how can we add value to your current roster of people who want to get into this space digitally and do video? And that's where we sit. We command everybody on our network has to do a video podcast because it's so much. There are dimensional aspects to traditional radio that are that are constrictive. Right. And specifically, uh, when you do these podcasts, you're doing the same thing. Right. If you just do audio, there's lots of different ways to get paid and, and and selling direct and all the different ways that people want to generate revenue. But that has to be such a massive podcast. You have to have all kinds of subscribers and traffic for for that to, to pay you some kind of wage or living that. that that, that's sustainable right and so with the advent of what we're doing the advent of matt's expertise in that audio space uh we have the ability to be able to add value to the not just the people who we currently work with that are in our network all 65 or i think by the end of next week we'll be at 68 but we have to have the ability to go and chase business in that space to be able to help people as well corporately personally professionally and so it it, we we're starting to kind of realize these opportunities we had a Uh, A meeting this morning, I can't talk about that went really well. We've got a couple of other opportunities and we'd still like to build, build, but you know, you're, you're building with people who are on the same boat as you, who want the same thing as you. We just kind of made a bit of a bigger boat to be able to go and look for those opportunities.
1: You've mentioned that you plan to hire a digital salesperson. You guys have been, you know, there since kind of the beginning when podcasting You know, wasn't viewed as the bastion of huge market potential that it is now, but there's still a monetization problem. Do you have an idea about the path forward?
2: I think we have a better idea today than we did yesterday without giving away too much. Yes. Yes, we do. We see a path forward to be able to monetize this. Um, But we also see opportunities to be able to create new ways and new markets, you know, new ability to be able to share and drive revenue with our clients and without our clients and for ourselves. The digital space is so flexible when it comes to being able to pick and choose different opportunities to sell, whether it's audio or video, one podcast, if you, are on a bunch of different applications and you're bastardizing the radio part portion or the audio portion and you're using the video portion, you've increased the ability to sell on two people and on different CPMs, depending on how good your audio does, where it fits, how many downloads and subscribers you have. And then you have the video portion where, you know, you have a home to be for people to be able to see your sponsors, see what you're doing. And you can sell that time and time and time again. And then you can sell it as micro content or sponsored micro content to be able to put that out to people as well. So the flexibility in this space gives us an opportunity to be able to do that, whether it's product placement or whether it's ad insertion or whether it's direct purchasing. And then it gives us an opportunity to be able to sell our wares as well. And it's not something you can do in a space where you're working for somebody else. And and you can't do this in traditional radio if you're actually just a radio employee. You cannot do that in traditional TV. I don't even want to talk about print because I'm pretty sure that's dead now. But um, in this space, to be able to realize those opportunities, you have to be able to partner with people that are willing to go and look for those opportunities. And that's been the hardest part for me is, and I think Matt too, is, hey, listen, there's really nothing like what we need to be able to sell with and to our group directly or whether it's from a programmatic standpoint. So developing those relationships is something that we're doing now and uh without giving away too much we're really 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 excited to work with some people to try and figure out where we need to be to make this happen not just for ourselves but to be able to discover and find new streams of revenue that didn't exist before and one of the things that that both dean and i align
0: on and that's you know control for the creator mm-hmm. in how they want to move and monetize their show forward so for example if you have a lot of if you have a podcast and you have a lot of listeners say in ottawa and your main client and your main sponsor is in ottawa um and you have 80 percent of your listeners that come from there well what about the other 20 percent of the people from you know across canada or around the world that are listening to the show but have no interest in you know the local brew pub that has, has sponsored your podcast well we can turn that over to programmatic and dynamic ad insertion and we can get an additional stream of revenue uh, for for that podcaster, so the, we come with solutions and ideas in order to uh, in order to get the money into the pockets of the creators. Well,
1: that was going to be my next question. I think for every media person who's been laid off over the past year, each one has probably been told two dozen times that they should consider a podcast. Is is this a viable... that's comforting, <laughs> eh, Connie? <laughs> is this a viable hustle?
2: <laughs> is what is is the digital space a viable hustle?
1: I mean, is anybody making a living, you know, as an individual off podcasting here in Canada other than you guys?
2: Yeah, Uh, yeah, there are. There there actually are a lot of people, but those people that are making a living off their podcasts have really, really fucking big podcasts and they're very, very niche, you know, and and again, another eye opener when I got into this space, Uh, we had a conversation with someone uh, about a month and a half ago who has a podcast with 340,000 subscribers and the Connie the podcast is all about pens, just pens. She makes $400,000 a year talking about pens. Yeah, niche. Bic, it's the niche. Blanc, Blanc. Yeah. It's the niche stuff, right? And so it, we don't do like I don't do a niche show because I am not interested in one thing that much. I'm interested in a variety of things. And when it comes to how you monetize general population shows like ours very different to how you monetize, you know, an entire podcast about a pen or an entire podcast about watercolor paintings. It's extremely different. And so that's the learning process. I mean, I I can't speak for Matt, but you know, that's kind of the big gray area is back when you were in radio, you sold 3060s, you sold content sponsorships, you sold hour sponsorships, maybe a couple of concerts there are a million different ways to be able to get money from people in this space, but that space has to be filled with people listening. You, you know what I mean? It's not just hey, listen, I've got a podcast. Uh, will you be my sponsor? I've got 200 downloads a week. No, no, but there are some people, if you have a podcast with 200 downloads a week and you're just talking about pens, guaranteed, you're going to be able to get some money from somebody that deals in pens. It just, that's kind of the way this world works is people are so hyper-focused on an audience, and they can actually get to that audience through podcasting. So, yes, there are a lot of people that make money specifically in those big niche formats. It's now a matter of trying to get everybody in these networks to do some focusing on what they're doing, which is one of the great parts about our partnership with Matt is he's got a, a tremendous history as an outstanding programmer in major markets. So that's what we're going to do is offer professional help and development to our people as well. And with Matt's history in podcasting, it makes it a little easier because he understands those niches, too.
0: And, you know, Connie, so many people come from radio, but they come fairly damaged with how to approach the the podcasting business because it's not about a mass audience. All we've ever heard for years in radio is mass audience and QM and, and TSL. In podcasting, it's really about the right audience. And so if you do have 100,000 people who are listening to a podcast and it's about writing class radio and it's about a writing class, but inside the podcast, they're talking about, you know, revising essays and and coming to the class and attending Zoom classes and creating drafts. That's a successful business for, uh, you know, writing class radio. But there's many podcasters who are out there selling their own wares inside the show. Uh, for instance, on the Sound Off podcast, every once in a while there'd be an ad for my voiceover business, which is was the original intention of starting the sound off podcast was here's gonna be a way for me to promote my voiceover business. And so when people start a podcast, you have to think, who's my audience gonna be? What am I selling and what's my message? And I think when we come from radio, we keep thinking, well, I've got to toss the biggest net out there and get as many people possible. And the show has got to be about everything. And you have to I spend so much I probably spend the first year deprogramming radio people and getting them to rethink about how they're going to be approaching a podcast
2: you know what I learned there too Connie is that now we have a voice guy his name's Matt by the way (laughs) (laughs) Matt's our new voice guy I I knew he did voice work and now I'm thinking in my head during this this content is now Matt is now our new vo guy so congratulations to Matt you heard it here first in Connie's podcast on broadcast dialogue way to go (laughs)
0: I, I don't. I wouldn't even use myself for that. I actually go and hire. Dude, better it's too people late. For, it's for too late.
2: We gotta. We gotta cut costs already. We need.
1: <laughs> well, we we should note that Matt actually helps this podcast out with our programmatic. Um, mm. The thing that I love about podcasting is that no consultant is in my ear telling me that they need more. Or in the case of CBC need less, that's probably my favorite thing about it.
2: Is that you can captain your content. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and and how many people can say that? You know, that's the beauty. Again, one of the other beautiful parts of working on your own stuff is that you you don't have to have someone who was really shitty at this job who became a consultant because they're really shitty at this job. Tell you how to be great at this job because it's completely subjective.
1: So if people want to work with you, how do you suggest they reach out?:
2: Telephone, email? Yeah I mean info at Deanblundell.com or you know people can get a hold of us anyway. you can go to the website, you can get a hold of us um, and we're always willing to work with people, not just work with people, but talk to people. you know I, I think one of the things that we touched on it is the mental health from people coming out of the traditional space and i've been fortunate to get through some shitty parts of life after leaving traditional radio to be able to i I guess some people want to talk to me about happiness after the fact and happiness after the fact is is a foregone conclusion if you're mentally healthy but that's the part that a lot of people are dealing with it's the anxiety of wondering if they're going to have a job when they go into work on monday because of downsizing, consolidation, wondering if someone's going to tell them what they've been doing for five years has been totally wrong and they need to refocus and do something else or bringing in a a consulting company uh, or a morning show coach or a programming coach to come in and fuck with people's minds. And, you know, I think a lot of people because I I, I could I'm not speaking for me. I'm speaking for people that I that I talk to. They say the same thing, which is, you know, I think it's done. I'm done. Like, I've got no way to move forward. And keep in mind, a lot of the people that have been jettisoned out of traditional media have been jettisoned by saying, grab as much shit from your desk as you can in the next minute and a half, and you got to get out. And so they have no equipment. All the equipment and all the infrastructure that they used in those traditional spaces are owned by those traditional people. They no longer have access to it. So it literally is, Connie, this starting from scratch, and it's scary as fuck for so many different people. But when you can hold a couple of hands and walk people through, they can see sort of the light at the end of the tunnel where they go, "Okay, I can do what Connie's doing, which means I get to ask the questions I want to ask. I don't have to read a liner in the middle of this thing. I don't have to stop everything that I'm doing when I'm creating content. I can continue to move forward in the things that I'm doing that I know will make me successful it's just really, really difficult. And Matt, I'm sure, you know, you've been through the same thing and have worked with a lot of different people. We've talked about them. Uh, We've talked about them by name, but that's, that is the bucket that a lot of people coming out of that industry are coming into is, is this, this feeling of, I can't do it. I don't have the energy or I don't have the equipment we do. And we want to work with those people because that's kind of what we're here for. Right, Connie? I think Dean, 2, Dean 1.0 would have said, fuck the world, just give me all their shit. Dean 2.0 has had the grace of people to forgive him and move forward. And now he wants to help other people do the same things. And I know Matt does too. But that, that, that just comes with maturity. That comes with growing up. And it also comes with having a place for people to do it. And that's why we got together. And that's what we want to do. We want to help people in that space. So email us, get a hold of us, go to both of our websites, and we're happy to walk you through it and talk to you about where you're at.
1: Is there a thought either of you want to close on?
0: Yeah, I just think it's a really exciting time if you're a content creator. A lot of the data that shows why people want to listen to the radio and have listened to the radio over the last year is is about personality. Uh, so you can see that there's a hunger out there for, for personality and, and content. And if you can't do it on the radio, uh, why not do it on YouTube? Why not yourself? do it in podcast? Why not Yeah. Do it for yourself. Uh, One of the things that I I know ratings are going to be coming out here shortly, you know, across the country. And I remember it can be quite disconcerting for a lot of performers to know that the ratings would come in and there was so much that they didn't really control about the result. And one of the, one of the most liberating things about being involved in this is that there's great data when it comes to downloads, Uh, Dean knows the data very well over on the video side but it's yours these are your results and you can work with your own numbers and grow your own audience and the audience really is yours because you're the performer uh, and you're the captain of your ship and it's incredibly Mm -hmm. empowering and it's wonderful and I can tell you Mm -hmm. it's a great feeling
2: Mm -hmm. yeah it is it is and it's waiting for people that's the thing is if they can get past that fear um, and move into a healthier space to say, hey, listen, I'm going to do this for me now. And we don't need your help. We don't need big media uh, telling us that, you know, how to do our jobs. Or, yeah, and, and there's professional development there that, uh, you know, it's, it's hit or miss in traditional media. And there's professional development here with us that might be hit or miss as well. But our intentions, and, and Matt said it earlier, Connie, and I'm glad he did, isn't to own people. It's not to own their stuff. It's not to tell them how to do our jobs for us. It's to empower them so that we can take advantage of this little thing called the law of psychological reciprocity, which is we're going to help you in turn. We're going to bring you into the network. We're going to help you grow. And then it'll, it'll come back. You know, if we help other people get to where they need to be, they're going to help us because they're going to be really good at their jobs. And they're going to work that much harder because we've gone that much further for them. And I think that's been really what's missing from traditional media and how it's been run is, is people have been looked at like their assets to be able to carry out the messaging on behalf of the brand. And that brand, as we've seen, whether it's Bell or Rogers or whoever, over the past couple of years, their, their concerns about controlling the narrative and driving revenue for shareholders. It's not about how can we help these people and that's been lost and and fuck that's exactly why we're here guys like that's why we're here we're here to help each other so that we can feel good about ourselves and be sustainably happy and as we said earlier part of that is meaningful work so if we can help other people do that that's really the key you know everything else will come from that everything will
1: dean matt thanks for doing this it was fun thanks connie Thanks for listening to Broadcast Dialogue. For more information about the podcast or to receive exclusive access to our weekly briefing about the Canadian media industry, visit us at BroadcastDialogue.com. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, connect with us on LinkedIn, and follow us on Twitter and SoundCloud.
0: I'm Andrea Askowitz. And I'm Alison Langer.